Hello, and welcome back to the Outdoor Minimalist Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Carney, and I'm an outdoor and environmental writer and author of the book, Outdoor Minimalist, Wasteless Hiking, Camping, and Backpacking. Follow the link in the description to pre-order a copy of the book so you'll be the first to receive it on the release date of September 1st, 2022. The Outdoor Minimalist Podcast has a goal to give listeners actionable ways to waste less hiking, camping, backpacking, and more during every step of their process. Your impact outdoors starts long before you hit the trail and goes beyond leave no trace ethics. You'll learn how to identify sustainable outdoor brands, how to ask hard questions regarding sustainability, and begin to shift and evolve your mindset to integrate minimalism into all of your outdoor pursuits. In episode 42 of the Outdoor Minimalist podcast, we discuss the pros and cons of buying used outdoor equipment. In a few of my earlier episodes, including renting versus buying gear and saving money living sustainably, we chat briefly about used gear and the benefits they provide both financially and for the environment. There are countless benefits of buying used gear, and to help me discuss how to do it tactfully, I had the pleasure of hosting Brian and Laura, the founders of Colchuck Consignment. Colchuck Consignment is North Central Washington's source for high-quality used gear. They believe in keeping useful gear in use and out of the landfill, while making the outdoors more affordable and accessible for everyone. Adventuring plans on your calendar? Remember to grab your Lava Linens travel towel on your way out the door. Founded by a mother-daughter team, Lava Linens crafts durable, luxurious travel towels as a more sustainable and better performing alternative to microfiber and cotton towels. Powered by flax and hemp, they're designed to be by your side for years to come. Use the code OUTDOORMINIMALIST for 15% off your next order. So thank you so much, Laura, for taking the time to be on the show today. It's always really fun to connect with people within the community I'm living since you guys are so close, especially when you're doing such amazing things in the outdoor industry. And I know we have a lot to cover, but before we get to all of that, could you just talk a little bit about how you first started getting outside, what you really love about outdoor recreation and kind of your involvement in the outdoor industry? Absolutely. I began really getting into the outdoors as a rock climber, and that was my main passion for about a decade until more recently I kind of rediscovered mountain biking and um, traveling by bike in general, which is something that I used to do with my dad as a child. And that has become my latest and greatest passion. I'm really, really excited about bikepacking right now. I just got back from a pretty big trip um, over the winter. That was super fun. And... um, Anytime I can get outside on the bike is a good day for me. That's awesome. I also really, really love biking and I just did my first bike packing trip last year. So I'm really new to it, but it sounds like you have a lot of miles under your belt. Yeah, I've definitely done a couple of really awesome trips in the last few years. And I'm glad to see so many people are finding joy in traveling by bike because it's such a great way to see new areas and explore. That's awesome. So other than kind of the things that you like to do in your free time, have you always worked in the outdoor industry or is moving into the consignment business kind of your first time working with outdoor equipment? I have been in the outdoor industry for quite a while now. I started out as a rock climbing instructor, did that for many years before becoming a bike tour guide, leading bike tours up in Alaska. 
I've worked at several climbing gyms, and most recently I've been working as a professional bike mechanic here in Leavenworth. So opening cold truck consignment is just kind of an accumulation of all my experience in the outdoors and just seeing kind of this need for the community and deciding to fill it. So is cold truck consignment located still in Kashmir or are you moving it to Leavenworth where you're at now? It is still in Kashmir. We're just moving our store about a mile from its original location. We needed more space because we've got so much great gear coming in and we really wanted to be able to facilitate more community events like film screenings, speakers, and just other events that will bring the community together and kind of create a central hub for people that are looking to get outdoors, uh, looking for gear and looking for other resources. So we're still in Kashmir, great central location for our market. We have lots of people coming from Wenatchee, lots of people from Leavenworth. So we like being right there in the middle. Yeah, I love Kashmir. It's a really beautiful area. And all the things that I have heard about gear consignment, a girl I went to university with started a consignment store a couple years back, I think. And they kind of had the same really central focus on community, which I think is amazing. And I think that'd be kind of a good transition to start talking about how you got started in Washington with cold check consignment and kind of the general like fostering of community. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to moving to Washington, myself and my husband, Brian, who's the co-owner, spent quite a bit of time traveling all over the Western U.S., recreating as much as possible, working seasonal jobs, and kind of looking for a place that we would like to settle down in. In all the places that we visited, we noticed that there were a robust kind of consignment scene and used gear scene which for us personally helped us get into some new activities that we wouldn't have otherwise tried if we had had to buy like a full price skate ski setup for example we probably would never have tried skate skiing if we had to to rent you know maybe we would do it here and there but because we were able to go to these used gear stores and find gear that kind of matched our commitment level, which is, you know, just kind of a recreational side hobby for us. We got to try something new and it's something that we really enjoy doing now. So we were pretty surprised moving to Leavenworth to find that there wasn't a consignment store, or used gear store here, given that um, North Central Washington is Honestly, it's a world-class destination for almost every activity that you can do outside. I mean, the climbing, the biking, the skiing, the paddling, you can do that here at just really high levels. So we know that there's a ton of gear in the valley. We know that there's people that are trying to get into these activities and there's a big barrier to entry as far as buying new gear. So we kind of just wanted to connect that gear with the people that needed it. So we decided to start this consignment business since there wasn't one here. And we initially had a ton of community support, which really helped us decide to transition from an online business, which is how we started in the middle of the pandemic. We were completely contactless. We would literally drive to each consigner's house, pick up their gear from their porch, list it on our website. And then when it would sell, we would drive and drop it off. And we never saw anybody during the initial stages of our business, but we were getting a lot of good feedback that this was something that people were really interested in. So we decided to jump in and, and launch our brick and mortar store last summer. And the community support has just honestly been overwhelming. And it's just been a clear sign to us that this is something that people are looking for and, and people want to support. So we kind of 
feel like we want to give back to our community in a meaningful way by creating this kind of community hub where people can come, sell gear that they're not using anymore, buy gear, try new activities, meet new people. So that's kind of the, the impetus for starting the business. And it's just really taken off. Well, yeah, I didn't realize that you guys started during the pandemic. That's really interesting that you started in that contactless mode and then had to transition. Was that a hard transition or not really? It was a pretty smooth transition. It allowed us to grow a lot faster because we didn't have to go pick up each item individually and spend all the time it takes to like upload and describe each item. We could just get the item in, get it priced, and get it right out on the sales floor. And it was really, really exciting for us to actually get to meet so many members of the community. And it also was really helpful for the customers to be able to try things on, feel the gear in their hands, see the quality of it for themselves. So it was a really great transition for us to go to in-person selling. And we're really happy that it's worked out so well. Yeah, that's really great. So before we start talking, I guess, about used gear in general, I do want to talk a little bit about consignment and how that business model kind of works so people have a better idea. Because as you know, it also kind of confused me when I was drafting all the questions and things like that. So can you talk a little bit more about how that works with gear consignment and selling? Yeah, absolutely. So everything that's in our store, whether it's clothing or whether it's hard goods, is something that has been brought there by a community member. And we get that item, we take a look at it, assess it, come up with a price, whether the consigner is interested in trying to hit a certain price point or if they just kind of want to get rid of it, price it accordingly. And once that item sells, the consigner will get a percentage and will get a percentage of that sale price. And depending on how the high the sale price is, the consigner will get a greater percentage. So if you're going to bring in like a really high item, maybe like a nice pair of skis, for example, you're going to get a higher percentage of the sale price. And are there ever items that you just turn away completely? Yes, we do try to be really thorough about making sure that everything that comes in is usable right away. So if your gear is something that needs to be repaired, we won't be able to accept it because we want our customers to know that what they're getting is high quality and it's ready to go outside immediately. There's also certain things that for safety reasons we aren't able to take. So that's stuff like life-saving equipment, which would include things like climbing ropes. Just not knowing the history of those items, we aren't able to take them and confidently sell them. So we can't take things like that. But for the most part, if it's something that is in good condition and it's still usable and it's related to the outdoors, we usually will take it. Yeah, that makes sense. I always do kind of wonder about some selling of certain types of used gear, especially that safety equipment that you're talking about. So that's good to hear. So I've had a few episodes here and there that have discussed used gear and even renting equipment. I think we've touched on it really, really lightly. And a lot of the listeners have a really like good grasp on a few reasons why it might be good to buy used gear, in, especially in the terms of saving money. But since this is kind of like your entire business, <laughs> I think you'd be a great person to talk to about some of the really specific benefits of buying used outdoor gear. And I think you touched on a few already, but go ahead. Yeah, as you said, the price is definitely a big motivator. You're going to be spending a lot less than you would buy a new retail item for. So that's a huge benefit right there. 
but there are so many more benefits than just cost savings. The big one for us is the environmental value to buying used gear. Not only are you saving an item from potentially ending up in the landfill, you're also saying that you know companies don't need to produce so many new items because there's already so much useful gear that's been produced. And if we can just keep it in use and keep it in the supply chain, there's not a need for so much new manufacturing. So environmentally, buying used gear is a great way to protect the areas that you like to recreate in. Yeah, and I have seen kind of a encouraging uptick or I don't know if that's the right word, but involvement, especially by some larger companies like... REI good and used. And I think like the North Face in Patagonia, they have, they're selling used clothing and gear more often now as well. So I think that is like a really positive trend that's going on in the outdoor industry. I agree. And I am really happy to see companies selling used gear and also offering repair. Um, Patagonia is a big one in that category. Like if you buy anything from Patagonia and it ends up getting ripped or your zipper jams get a hole in it, you can send it back to them and they'll repair it for you. And I think it's really cool that companies are standing behind their products, making products that are made to last and then selling products that are used or returned for whatever reason and focusing less on new manufacturing. Since we're kind of talking about some of those companies, I didn't send you this question before, but I was just thinking, do you know anything about certain companies like Patagonia or maybe even Osprey that they have a specific repair policy? Do they honor that even if you are not the original owner? So for Patagonia, I know you do not need to be the original owner. They really stand behind their gear being made to last a lifetime. They don't require a proof of purchase if you're sending in your gear for repair. If you have one, they do ask for it, but if not, they'll still fix it. So that's really great. As far as some of the other companies, you do need a proof of purchase, not all of them. I know Arcteryx is really good about repairing their items. As you mentioned, Osprey has a lifetime warranty. Outdoor Research does as well. One thing to note about some of those companies is they tend to just send you a new product rather than repairing it. I know that's the case usually for Osprey and for Outdoor Research. They'll ask you to send the old one back and then they'll just send you a new one. So I would say if possible, go the repair route first. And then if you do need to end up warranting something, it is nice to know that companies stand behind their products and do want them to last a lifetime. But I would say if, if possible, repair first before replacing. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, do you know of, I know that you can do a lot of DIY repairs at your own home and there's a lot of really, really great resources online, but do you know of any types of places that would have any type of gear repair other than gear that is obvious that has like a shop, like a bike shop or something like that? So something beyond there. Right. Rainy Pass over in Seattle is probably the best known repair service in the area. They can repair zippers, they do clothing, they do tents, and they're very highly regarded. One thing I will say about that service is it, it can be honestly a little bit cost prohibitive when you're getting a bill for like a zipper replacement and it costs more than a new jacket would, for example. It is a little bit harder for people to motivate to repair rather than to replace. We are hoping to get a small repair section going in our store. We just became a dealer for gear aid. So 
we'll have tenacious tape available. We're going to bring in a sewing machine and we do semi-regular gear repair nights where we kind of source experts from the community who have certain skills in repair and we'll have them do little demos about repairs. And then if you have something you need repaired, you can bring it in and we just kind of source through the community people who can help you fix things that need to be fixed. Yeah, and that's really great because then the people who are kind of coming in to get those repairs are also learning to do it themselves. So that's awesome. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with the repair nights. And once we're into our new, much bigger space, we will be able to do them more regularly, which I hope in turn will encourage people to actually save up their items that need repair rather than getting rid of them and knowing that they have somewhere to take it to fix it on a regular basis. So that kind of covers a lot of the different types of benefits. I know we kind of deviated a lot into repairs there for a moment, but I think that that's an important topic within used gear in general. And on this show specifically, when we have talked about used gear, we've only talked about the benefits of used gear. So I did want to ask you if you think there are any specific downsides to buying used outdoor equipment. As I said before, the one kind of caveat that I would put out there about buying used gear is you really want to stay away from kind of that life-saving equipment that you don't know the history of. So that could include helmets, for example, because like once a helmet has been through a crash, it's no longer good. Climbing ropes, uh, climbing products with webbing. Webbing kind of has a, a certain shelf life as well. So anything that is truly something that your life is going to depend on. I would say if you don't know the history of it, it's not new in the package and someone's just selling it because it was the wrong size, for example, that is something I would avoid buying used. But other than that, I would say there are no reasons not to buy used. It's a great way to add variety to your wardrobe, for example, because we get a lot of unique pieces kind of from different time periods. Like we get some fun like retro fleeces, for example, and yeah, I would say there really isn't a good reason not to buy used if that is an option. I know for some people, sizing is difficult because used gear sources aren't always going to have one of every size. So like if you're very, very small and you're looking for a pair of skis, it could be difficult to find that used. But whenever possible, I think it's always beneficial to buy used first. Other than that safety equipment piece, when people are shopping for gear, whether it's in-store or online, which this might be easier to do in-store, I would think, but what do you think people should be looking for to make sure that they are getting something that is going to be worthwhile and like a quality investment? think if you're kind of familiar with, as we talked about before, the brands that really stand behind their products, it's nice to be able to look at those items and say, hey, you know, here's a used Osprey backpack. I know they have a lifetime guarantee. So I know that even though this product has been used before, it should still last me for the rest of my lifetime. So kind of being familiar with what brands really stand behind their products and as far as clothing goes, it's kind of personal preference. We do accept things that have been repaired well. So if you want to save some money and get a piece that has a patch on it, can make your apparel a little bit more unique. But just taking the time to kind of go and check the wear on things and decide if that's something that you're comfortable with. There's lots of great used gear out there that has so much life left to give. 
And something that I really like about gear consignment stores, especially in like the brick and mortar stores like yours, is that it's like any other outdoor retail store to me. You can kind of go in, usually it's organized really well, and usually the people working there are really, really knowledgeable. So to me, it feels really approachable, not only because of the price point, but because you're also getting a really nice user experience. And if you have questions, more than likely there's going to be someone there that can answer it versus you trying to shop online and Google all the questions that you might have. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of our favorite things about opening the brick and mortar store is just having the chance to interact with people, to find out what they're interested in, to hear about the trips they're taking, and then to advise them on kind of what gear that might be best for them. And really, we aren't naturally salespeople. We aren't going to try to sell you something that you don't need, but we're trying to find you things that you need and a price that you're comfortable with so that you can get outdoors and just explore and have all the gear you need without completely breaking the bank. I love that. So kind of on the flip side, I know we've been talking a lot about when you're buying used gear, but I also want to discuss a little bit about consigning gear. (laughs) Because I feel like I've gotten to this place before where maybe my interests have shifted a little bit and I'm just not using the same equipment, or maybe I upgrade something, or even like you said, if you purchase something that is in the wrong size and you can't return it for some reason. So what do you look for in terms of items when someone is trying to consign them to you? And like, how would that, I don't know how to phrase this, but how (laughs) would that process go and what would it look like? Yeah, I think if you're considering consigning, the best thing to do is kind of gather up all of your gear that you're not using anymore, gear and clothing, and you can kind of sort it into two piles. And one pile would be a donate pile. And that's stuff that's a little bit more worn, might need a little bit of TLC, still usable though. And then the other pile could be gear for consignment. So things that are still in really good condition, don't need any repair, they're ready to go. And I would encourage you to still go donate those items that were in your donate pile because it's important that there is gear available at all kinds of price points. So a thrift store is gonna be able to offer stuff at even better prices than we can. So if you're planning to donate something, we encourage you to definitely still donate that. But if you have those nicer items that you don't use anymore, but they're a little bit too nice to just donate. That's the kind of stuff that you're going to want to bring in to our store and we can help you get a little bit of a return on your original investment. And that gear is going to be really nice for somebody that's trying to get into something new or somebody that just needs an upgrade themselves. So we do want to make sure that the gear we're taking is in good condition. We definitely want you to clean it before you bring it in. We can't accept stinky or stained things. But if it's something that still has life and you want to make a little bit of money off of it, you should definitely bring it in. I'm really glad that you mentioned cleaning it before you're bringing it in, because I think that should be a consideration when you are donating it to a thrift store as well, because no one wants to buy even the nicest sweatshirt if it has like an odor to it and you can't get it out. Yes, absolutely. Anytime you're going to be donating or consigning, you should definitely take that extra time to make sure your item is clean, everything's out of your pockets, all the zippers work, and then go from there. When I talked to my one friend, she has a consignment store in Duluth, Minnesota. 
which her store is mentioned in the Outdoor Minimalist book. And I have seen this trend pop up in other cities and towns. And yours just, I mean, you just opened your brick and mortar store last year, right? So even with all of these stores opening in different places, I still think that there is a need and a demand for more gear consignment because it not only makes a smaller barrier to entry for people when they're trying to get into new outdoor sports, but it fosters a really great community. So since you have done it in person and are really successful with your business model. What advice would you bring to people if they're thinking about maybe starting a used gear store of any kind or even kind of gauging the community that they're in to see if there would be an interest there? Absolutely. I think as time goes on, more and more people are recognizing the benefit of used gear and realizing the immediate need to stop producing so much new gear. And given the supply chain issues that were created by the pandemic, it's really highlighted people's dependence on new manufacturing. While used gear stores and even antique stores or repurposed product stores have seen an increase in business and a steady supply of inventory, we're not dealing with those supply chain issues because all of our supply has already been created. It's already out there. So I think there's definitely so much room in the market for more used things of any kind, really, stores. So I think that's a category that's just going to continue to grow. And I think that if you live in in a community where people enjoy being outdoors, that they'll be really receptive. I think maybe kind of surveying your community, talking with people, getting a feel for people's opinions is a good idea. But in case it was really apparent right off the bat that this is something that people were looking for and that people were going to be supportive of. And I think it's really great for people to be able to shop locally. So if you're thinking about starting a used gear store, definitely kind of do the research on on your market and look at other stores in other similar areas that have been successful and look at what their business model looks like. But ultimately, I'd say it's something that we're going to be seeing a lot more of and that there's a lot more room for in this market. And just so people kind of have an idea, because we both live in this area, it's not a big city. So like, what would you say kind of that the population that you serve? Because it would be kind of like Leavenworth, Kashmir, and Wenatchee. That's correct. Yeah, I would consider that we serve everywhere really from Stevens Pass all the way out, just like on the outskirts of Wenatchee. We have some customers from Chelan. So it's a pretty broad area. And I think that there's just nothing quite like this anywhere within our area. So it is a draw for people. And it is such a big area. And there's so much opportunity for recreation here that it's nice to kind of have this like little central hub where we can just kind of connect people with what they're looking for, whether you're looking for, you know, somebody to go on an adventure with, or if you're looking for used gear, we kind of want to be that central hub that people go to for those things. And if people are hearing about you for the first time on here, how can people kind of follow along with Colchuk Consignment, learn more about the store events and kind of become a part of that community? We are most active on Instagram, so that's where you're going to find all our most up-to-date information, whether that's cool items that have just come in, whether that's events, tips on caring for your gear, 
everything like that is going to be on our Instagram. In our new store, we're also going to have a big community board with a calendar. So we'll have a lot of community events on there. You'll be able to post little listings on there, whether you're having a meetup or you're looking for a running buddy, anything like that. So definitely stopping into the store is a great way to stay connected. And then following us on Instagram is where you're going to find our most up-to-date information. And then if people want to consign gear with you guys, then do they just stop into the store or do you do some type of form on your website? So currently we accept consignment during any of our open hours. So anytime we're open, you can go ahead and bring your gear in. At times, if we're getting a little full, we will place an item limit on how many things that you can bring at once. But since we're moving into a much bigger space, I don't think we'll have too much trouble with that going forward. So we do have a couple little things on our website that you would want to read through about what we accept and how our pricing structure works. But other than that, we do accept consignment during any of our open hours, so you can feel free to just drop in. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am really looking forward to seeing the new space and I missed the last bike repair night. So hopefully you'll have another one in the future soon so I can learn a few more things about my bike too. Yes, absolutely. We're actually moving in right next to a bike shop and I've already talked to the owner about setting up some maintenance clinics for this summer. That's awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, let me know. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can still find me on Instagram at outdoor.minimalist.book for daily updates, other educational resources, and to help build an outdoor community with a shared goal to create a better outdoor space as we recreate.